0: invite you as you're able to stand for the reading and the hearing and the blessing of God's holy word. From Matthew chapter 13, listen for the word of the Lord. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. Such great crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat there while the whole crowd stood on the beach. Other seeds fell on soil and brought forth grain, some hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Let anyone with ears listen. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. One seed. One seed yielded thirtyfold, sixtyfold, one hundredfold fold i think jesus needs to stick with carpentry (laughs) that's bad farming that he would think that's happening in any any sort of realm of reality how is that possible maybe he's just pulling our leg how can how can one seed grow that much how can something so small make such a big difference we're praying like St. Francis through the season of Lent. And Francis, in kneeling in a war torn chapel, kneeling before a crucifix, heard Jesus say, Rebuild my church. Francis, he didn't know anything about construction, but he did know how to pick up one tiny piece of rubble and place it back in the wall. And there's something powerful about this idea of the difference one seed can make according to the parable. The difference Francis saw that one piece of, of rubble can make if, if placed back in the wall, because eventually, when enough broken pieces come together and are put back together, they create a strong structure. Francis would go on to understand that like small seeds, like small broken pieces, small broken lives, when picked up and repaired and rebuilt and put back together, it it becomes this entity called the church. And we are so much stronger together, no matter how broken we've been, and no matter how broken we are. I mentioned last week that Francis underwent this transformation. I hope you've You've picked up on that, maybe read some of the, the books that I've, I've put out there that I'm reading through this season of Lent as well. Francis had it all. He was wealthy. His father was a business owner. All Francis had to do was just step into this convenient cloth of comfort and, and ride off into the sunset, happy and wealthy. He wanted to be a knight, though, like King Arthur. He wanted to be a military uh, warrior. He wanted to ride in to battle a knight and ride out a prince. That didn't work out so well. He wasn't very good at that. He lived in the fast lane with with his friends. And yet, as for all that he had, all that he could have been, all that he was, all that his family wanted and hoped for him to be, Francis hit this place where he said, Rebuild your church. How do I do that, Lord? He he even uh, went to Muslim territory to convert the sultan. Now, that's courageous. Francis was called God's fool because he preached to the birds and to the animals. We have a blessing of the animals every October around his feast day for that reason. I think what I love the most about Francis, though, are the vows of solidarity that he took to care for the least and the last and the lost. And the, that, that, is, that is one conviction we all should have this year from the life and ministry of Jesus, the life and ministry of, of Francis, is that there are plenty of things that we can leave behind if we are to be the seeds of God's love and grace in this world. There are many things we will have to leave behind and to give up. That's what Lynn is. So we arrive at this second line of, of Francis's prayer. It's equally convicting. It's one the world desperately needs Christians not only to pray, but to do. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. It's an actionable prayer. It does not say, hey, man, uh, where there's hatred, let me like sow love, like we're Christian ninja turtles or something. That's not what it's talking about, right? Sow love. Spread love. Sow the seeds of love because the weapons that Christians have to fight against chaos is the song of peace and the seeds of love. Hate is a strong word, isn't it? And hate is the only thing I think I hate. I hate hate. I don't know if that's theologically sound or not, Dr. Borders. Go for it, he says. (laughs) Hate's a big word. Dr. King says, hate is too great a burden to bear, so I think I'll stick with love. I believe that. I shared in the Tower Chimes this, this wonderful little thing. It said, you know, hate has four letters, and so does love. Enemies has seven, so does friends. Lying has five letters, so does truth. I, I hope you saw that in the, in the Tower Chimes. I know it's cute and, you know, big deal, right? A lot of words have the same the number of letters and all, except this exercise reminds me that there's, there's like this balance. There's this opportunity to sow the seeds that we choose to sow, right? Where there's hatred... Let me sow love, because hate is too great a burden to bear. Our staff uh, recently toured the EJI Legacy and uh, Lynching Memorial, the EJI Center downtown. I hope you've been a part of that. It's part of our monthly uh, Go to Know initiative. We go somewhere around town each month, uh, the last Thursday of each month. I invite you to join us if you'd like to do that at some point, or if you have not been on that hallow tour, I would be more than willing to go with you and and a group. It is so important to to our story and to our city. Uh, Anyway, I was uh, in the bookstore, in the gift shop, and I picked up a couple of works, one of which is Maya Angelou's complete works. I've started redabbling in some writing of late, and uh, well, I mean, it's Maya, you know, what a great place to start, Right. The other book is, um, is one by John Lewis from Troy, Alabama, congressman, activist. It's called Carry On, Reflections for a New Generation. Uh, I've enjoyed this book immensely uh, so far. He has a section in there entitled On Love, and he talks about the different types of love that we have in this world for parents and and uh, for pizza and, uh, you know, for for families and uh, And pets, it's all different. It's all love, but it's all different kinds of love. And and yet how difficult it is nowadays to tell another human being the three most important words they can hear. Do you know what they are? I love you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love you. And he says, you know, so often, even in his line of work up on the hill, it's a sign of weakness or vulnerability to tell another human being, I love you. Sidebar, I think vulnerability is a, is a superpower, not a weakness. Lewis says, we need to find a way where saying I love you is viewed as a badge of honor. For some strange reason, I've heard those three words no less than 15 times this morning, and I did not expect it. Those have been seeds in my life. Lewis defines love, he says, it means you're willing to sacrifice to go to the ends of the world for somebody. Love is actionable. Love is sacrificial. Love is is doing. We don't say, I love the idea of eliminating hunger. (laughs) We show up with food as a sign of love of God in this world could get rid of hunger. We don't, we don't just uh, love the idea of peace. We show up with the instruments of our lives and we practice peace where there is chaos. Wherever there is evil, injustice, and oppression in this world, Christians show up willing to sacrifice to go to the ends of the earth for somebody. And that that whole idea is the engine for the civil rights movement. And and Lewis, as you know, I mean, he talks time and again about the abuse and the vitriol of that era and how he had to lean in to Dr. King time and time and time again, who said, no matter how bad things get, show them love, show them love. You may hit me, I'm going to show you love. You may beat me, I'll show you love. You may unleash the, I'll show you love, show them love, show them love. And he was constantly, Dr. King, reminding his leaders of that. Well, I'm reading this chapter with Francis in mind, and I didn't have my readers, (laughs) I thought it said, sow them love, sow them love. Sometimes bad eyes equals good theology, maybe, I don't know. Children are not born with hate in their hearts. Nobody comes into this world with distrust. They learn it. They learn it uh, by their environment and by those who are around them. And you know what else is true? We adults... We, we know who pours into our lives. We learn from our, our surroundings. The thing is, we have this capacity to change our, our blind spots, our biases, to choose love and, and not hate. Where there's hatred, we will, we will so love, because hate is too big a burden to bear. Jesus said, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And oftentimes we say, yeah, but Lord, they... They really don't like me. They're walking all over me. They're trying to control me and keep me down, and they don't even see me. They don't even hear me, Lord. What am I supposed to do with that person? Love them. Or, Lord, they are my enemy. You know, they don't agree with me. They don't have the same convictions as, as I have. Uh, they wear different team colors. They, you know, they vote oppositely for me. They must not be worthy of my time and energy. And when we begin to feel that way or say those type things, you know what we're doing? We're distancing ourselves from the people God loves And aren't we gracious and grateful and blessed that that God didn't distance himself from us in the same way? But he became humble and obedient, taking on the form of human likeness. And he poured himself out for for us as a sign of love. If we can keep someone at a distance, we can demonize that person. We can can demonize that group. uh, But sowing seeds of love, it assumes proximity. Do you remember the, the lesson last week Lord, make me an instrument of your peace, and 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 what we said is instruments can't tune themselves. A musician has to be in close proximity with the instrument to tune it, to play it. And I don't know about this one. This is kind of a Cadillac over here. It might work remotely or something. I don't know. It's, it might even have an espresso machine around the side. I don't know. There's proximity that is required to be an instrument of peace. One must take the music of peace within earshot of those who. Or experiencing chaos. I think the same works for the seeds we have of love. You have to be in close proximity to places that are hard and thorny and want to choke you out and want to swoop down and rob you of your joy. But we stay in proximity to hard things and to hard people because you know what? God loves hard people too and thorny people. A sower went out to sow, where the ground was parched and scorched and choked. And the Christian will do the same, taking a chance at the seeds of love to see what happens. Now, when I say love, I I mean it synonymously with the highest forms of love, forgiveness and generosity. The center of the word forgiveness is give, after all. I was thinking a lot about all of this. Jesus went on to explain the, the parable and how the soils are like the human heart. You know, one is rocky and one is thorny and, and one, you know, you swoop down and it's pretty shallow and, then, and one is, is fertile and the roots don't always place themselves in all the different types of souls. Jesus said uh, we have this option of presenting our hearts as one of the type souls. But you know what else is going on in this parable? I I think we're being invited to become sowers. And that changes things a bit, doesn't it? Isn't our, our preference to be cautious about who is worthy of God's love? Only scatter in the places worthy, willing to receive love. Only scatter in the places and times when people are ready. Only scatter... The seeds of, of God's love to those who like us agree with us or have something to give us in return, but the sower went out to sow without regard of any existing condition. And we're so blessed that God doesn't wait for us to have all of life figured out before God finally says, "Okay, now you're worthy." Just keep sowing. keeps calling us to sow. Love. There was hate in Jesus' world. He convicted everybody and messed up economics and politics and religion, and nobody liked him. And same with Francis. There was hate. His country was at war. He had a father who despised his career choice. People didn't like the way that he did ministry. Preaching to the birds, you know, it'll cause people to look. In this world, there's hate still. Wars are tearing apart countries and families and neighborhoods. We have so much political animosity in our country and conversations around state and city, and we find hard places and spaces where we feel helpless. And and the tendency, to go back to what I opened with, what difference will my words and presence make? All the difference in the world. If you'll show up as a seed of God's love, I also think that Jesus might be telling us that the kingdom of God is hard work. You think? It's hard work. I mean, after all, only one out of four seeds took root. That's not a passing grade in math, right? In any subject. Not a good ratio. One seed. Sometimes ministry doesn't work. Sometimes, sometimes we take risks anyway on loving God and loving one another and loving this community as widely as we possibly can, knowing it's not always going to work out, but that sometimes it just takes one seed to yield 30-fold or 60-fold or 100-fold one of the challenges is uh, defining hate. How do you know hate when you see it? I, I, I've wrestled with this and wrestled with this. Hate works pretty easily on a large scale. We can identify anti-Semitism as hate, right? Yeah. We understand that that, that radicalization of, of a religion, any time a religion causes uh, another person to be harmed or causes an act of violence, the religion's being done the wrong way, right? So we can identify hate on, on those levels. Uh, Harper Lee, a good Methodist, she wrote the second most important book for Southerners only to the Bible and to kill a mockingbird, right? She said sometimes the Bible in the hand of one man is worse than a whiskey bottle in the hand of another. And there's some kind of men who are busy worrying about the next world that they haven't learned to live in this world, and you can look down the street and see the results. If we want a peaceful and loving world, We receive the seeds of God's love and we become the seeds of God's love and the instruments of God's peace where it doesn't exist. Following Jesus is hard work. Do we know hate when we see it? Do we know love when we see it? How can something so small make such a big difference, this side of heaven? Sowers sow seeds of love, whether one deserves it or not, uh, that must be the highest mark for the Christian and for the church. Hate is too great a burden to bear. We should stick with love. There's one final thing I want to say about this parable and Francis's prayer, by which I have found myself stricken, because I think in the same way that we prepare our hearts to receive the love of God in a very fertile and honest and vulnerable way, an exposed way, in the same way that... We're trying to find courage to become seeds of love, of grace, of mercy. I've come to terms with the truth that we need to show ourselves that same love and grace and mercy and forgiveness. That we need to spread some seeds of God's love our own way. And that's not an act of selfishness, friends. It's an act of honesty and vulnerability with God to say, I can't figure this thing out myself. I need your help. So on Monday, I presented our Staff Parish Relations Committee with a proposal for an eight-week renewal leave. Beginning April 1st, the day after Easter and running through the end of May, our Staff Parish Relations Committee approved it. Toby Roth presented it. That same proposal to our administrative board Wednesday night for consideration. The board unanimously approved that. DS, the district superintendent, Dr. Mike Pearson, uh, signed off on it. Those are the three steps. And so words like humbled and grateful, they fall so short for how I feel right now about those committees who represent all of you. And I wanna say thank you for that opportunity. This time I have to reflect and to process and to to heal from five years of hard ground and thorny times. the latter of two which have been hard, more difficult than any of us could have ever imagined. And so those votes of approval and the words I've heard this morning, not to make this sermon about me, but just to be honest with you all, those are received as seeds of love that you have shown your pastor. And I'm beyond appreciative to all of you. This will be a season uh, to lead in the best way that I know how, and that is uh, by caring for myself, by making some fertile places for for God's grace and love to rain down into the soul. Isn't that what Lent's about anyway? Isn't that about life, what we're supposed to do? I believe that a seed of, of love I can cast my own way uh, is to let go of that which I can't control and to stop worrying. I gave up worry for Lent. Someone asked me, what did you give up? Meaning, what did you stop eating for Lent? I, I didn't. I stopped, allow, I stopped allowing worry to eat at me. A <laughs> little flip of the script there. So God and I will work on some harder ground and thorny places that still poke and choke and things that I want to swoop down occasionally and rob us all of joy. But I, I believe Mr. Jesus is fine when we sow some seeds of love, God's love, our own way. Even Jesus took time away and encouraged the disciples to do so. And so to receive the seeds of God's love, to become a seed of God's love, to show love uh, to oneself, we, we become vulnerable and honest and real. That's what fertile soil looks like. Here I am. Here we are. Together. That's what I want for us, to be receptive to a love we do not deserve, to share love instead of spreading hate, to, to choose the type seeds carefully that we want to cast in this world through, through our words and through our actions and through our silence and through our inactions at times. And to offer good news and not bad news or fake news or misleading news, but like Francis, to, to let go of whatever it is that's holding us back to become who God has created us to be in this world. That's a big step forward. I've also thought about an image that I've, I've used before. Uh, and that is, I, th- I think the image of hate is closed fists. You agree with that? Like, with closed fists, you, you want to punch something. With closed fists, you hang on to control, or you hang on to as much as you possibly can. It's for fighting and, and grabbing and for power. That's what hate is. But love... Love is open palms because with open hands you can, you can help a brother up. With open hands you can, you can shake another's hand and look that person in the eye. With, with open hands you can receive the sacrament. And with open hands, not closed hands, but with open hands you can sow seeds of love. Closed fists or open palms. Hey, let's do that right now. Let's make a fist together. Squeeze and then release. Whew. Hate is too great a burden to bear. I think I'll stick with love. We have something for you today. In the same way that our children, received watermelon and corn and and other wonderful vegetables that I can't wait to grow. Kazoos last week and seeds for everything this week, right? It's going to be great. We have some seeds for you. These are special because participants in our adult respite program assembled these for you. They sat over there and and put all of these, these beautiful colors there in all shapes and sizes and colors because that's what God's children are and they put them in the bag, and then they put a sticker on them that says, let me sow love. Our adult respite participants are sowing seeds of love your direction, and they want you to have them, to sow them in the world. Here's what I want you to do. We're going to come forward in just a moment as as James sings and Josh plays, like we do for communion. Come down the center aisle and then return down the outside aisle. Uh, Reverend Tribble and I will give you a packet of of seeds, and you take these home with you, and you find a place that is maybe barren, it needs a little life and a little love, you know. You know those places. And I want you to cast these seeds, and when you do, I want you to pray aloud, where there is hatred, let me sow love. And then I want you to be a seed of love as you scatter from here and go back out into this world. I invite you all forward to come receive some seeds as we seek to become seeds.